Offscript with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. This is Offscript with Super E. I'm A Train and I'm here with Super E, the star of the show. Well, thanks for those kind words, A-Train. Appreciate it. What's happening with you today? Not too much. Not too much. I'm just looking forward to hearing uh, hearing another story from you. Well, I'm, I was just thinking about one of my old partners when I uh, started working Vice back back in the day, back when. And uh, she, was, she was our sergeant. We, you know, we called her D. And she would stand on the street and act like a prostitute. Now she was very, very pretty and okay. she was very, she was very personable. And she would, as soon as the guy saw her stand on the street, they'd all be trying to crash into each other to get to her. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And yeah. I, and she had, I she, yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, me and my partner, RJ, we'd be sitting there. I can't say RJ, right? Sure. Right. We'd all, we'd be sitting there and, so many people would come up to her and just, you know, like one guy, we saw this guy park his car right next to us, gets out, walks about a half a block where D was standing, just walked past her, didn't say anything to her, and then walked back to the car that was next to us and started to drive away. And D, she was, she had a Kelset transmitter. She goes, will you get that guy? He walked past me with his balls hanging out. And we're like, who does that? Walks by. These are my balls. Uh, so and that was it. That's all he wanted to do. That's he all he wanted, wanted to do. He wanted to walk up to the pretty girl with his balls hanging out. He made a point of getting out of his car, walking between the houses so she couldn't see him coming from his car as, as we're watching him. Walk past her, walk back to his car with his balls out. Oh I my mean, God. And it, I mean, it's just crazy things like that. One time, a carload of teenage boys drove by. Go, hey, girl, come over here so we can smell your doo-doo breath. And we're like, what are they talking about? I mean, it was everywhere <laughs> in the world. But one night, we're sitting there watching her. And we're like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere. Because D used to get, besides guys wanting sex for money, she would get the lecturers. Yeah. The guy... They, I mean, they had something on their mind, but they felt compelled to lecture her about her life's choices and why she was prostituting on the street and she needed to stop. It, while they were lecturing her, were they pleasuring themselves? No, no, some of them probably were, but a lot of them, you'd be like, okay, man, just move on. So one night, sure enough, pickup truck pulls up to D and she walks up to him and she immediately... She was very cautious, you know, she was smart, but she seemed to kind of have a kind of a immediate relaxed body language talking to this guy through the driver's side window of this old, it's like a 68 Ford pickup truck. Okay. And so I'm, I'm looking a little bit closer and I can see it's an old man. I don't know how old he was at the time, but I guess he was like in his 90, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. And he's not lecturing her. He's just talking to her. And then it was, to I don't know what he was talking about, but then it was like they were 
best buds because D was she was kind of leaning in and patting him on the shoulder and she seemed like she was being very sympathetic to whatever he's saying. Okay. And what I come to find out later was this old man was telling D he was like, Oh, my life's been so terrible. My wife has the cancer and I have to take care of her. And I'm so old and she's in a wheelchair and she can't get around cause she has the cancer. And I'm just so worried about her. I'm so worried about her. And then I could see, I thought Diane's over there going, Oh, it's going to be okay. Uh-huh. And like I wait for them to both burst out into tears. Okay. And then D said this to the guy. She goes, Oh, I'm so I think his name was something like Virgil. I'm so sorry, Virgil, that your wife's got the cancer. If there's anything, if there's anything you want me to do, I'll do it. You just name it. Anything I want you to do. And the old man went from being, oh, he went to, won't you let me eat that pussy? <laughs> and all of a sudden, I could see Diane stood up and took a step back. And she, I guess she said, what did you say? I said, let me munch on that pussy. <laughs> and then she just put her hands on her hips, looked back at us, and waved us in. Uh, and all of a sudden, the old man looks up and sees a, a hairy gorilla, me, and a, and a bald-headed pirate. Looks like he could bench press 500 pounds walking towards him. And I could tell he went from, let me eat that pussy, to, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, and I walk up, I go, what's going on, D? She goes, oh, this old man here, she starts lecturing him. All he could do is talk about his wife, who's very sick, and I'm very concerned. And immediately after I say I want to help him out, what's he want? He wants to eat my pussy. And the guy looks at me with, I'm sorry. I just couldn't help myself. Just oh, wanted Marshall. to eat that pussy. So uh, all we did was we just wrote down his name and said, listen, Pops, you get back home and you take care of the missus. Quit coming out here and try to do nasty things to the girls on the street. Oh, my God. He went from telling his sob story and D's trying to counsel him. It'll be all right, Virgil. And then all of a sudden, ah, he just, he flips. He's like, let yeah, me he, eat that. Yummy munch on that pussy. And then <laughs> D went from being very sympathetic to it's time for her to start lecturing in a very stern manner. Uh-huh. I think, I think he was one to go. He's, I think he was like, I think I'd rather go to jail because man, she's burning me down. <laughs> She is really tearing me up. Yeah, okay. she's tearing me up. Uh, you know, let me just ask you this, Super E. Isn't it pathetic that somebody would use cancer to their advantage? Yes, it was. <laughs> Can I elaborate? Go ahead. Super E, did you have the cancer at one point in your life? Yes, I did. Okay, did you ever, did you ever use that to your advantage? I kind of did a few times, <laughs> I will admit. Pre-marriage, of course. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, I don't remember the details, but I did kind of use it because I will say this. Now, cancer is horrible to have. I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It yeah. is horrible. But once you find out that you have cancer, for uh-huh. me, it was kind of liberating because, you know, sometimes if some dumbass supervisors or somebody is trying to tell you, hey, I need you to do this. Oh, really? You need me to do this? Oh, fuck you. I've got cancer. You know, 
<laughs> right. It it gives you a whole new outlook on life, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, eh, something I would have worried about, you know, last year. Yeah. I'm really not going to worry about it right now. I'm not real worried about your little issue right now because I have cancer. Yes. Yes. Now, Super E, you're cancer-free today, aren't you? Knock on wood, I had chemo 12 years ago, and uh, I'm still here. And thank God you're still here. Yes. And tell us these goofy stories. Yeah, yeah, and I'm knocking on wood right now. I just did, too. I knocked on wood for you. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. And to, to everybody out there who's gone through cancer, bless your heart. Um, I know people had it worse than me. The most tragic thing, when I would have to go in for my chemo, I had to go to the chemo for like three months. Right. Is, you know, if I start feeling sorry, I would be like feeling sorry for myself because you got to sit in there for like eight hours. I'm like, oh, man, I got to sit in there for eight hours. Boo-hoo, poor oh. me. I would see these women that were going through. I was going through the chemo, which is bad enough. But these women that would be also be in the waiting room that were going through radiation and they had no hair and they were, they just looked like they were so sick. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my bitching and complaining and straighten up right now. Cause it could be a lot worse. It, it puts things in perspective. Then yes, immediately put things into perspective. Awesome. Well, um, that was a, uh, that was a good story about detective D Yes, she was was always interesting to work with. Always interesting. And I'm going to have some more stories about Sergeant D. I can't wait to hear him. Right on. Well, A-Train, lead us out. Okay, I will. See you, everybody. Bye. Take care.